0: One thing that I noticed, you know, even last, like, I, mean, I think 20 years ago, I remember noticing like, wow, my mom and dad, they like sit and they hold hands together and they, 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 they you know, they, they touch each other all the time. And there's this kind of like intimate uh, connection and constant, um, yeah, just desire to be close to each other and, and, and appreciation of each other. Jordan Peterson has called for a need to rediscover the spirit of the father. Many have been inspired to embark on their own hero's journey to set their life in order. But how do we balance order and chaos to live a life of meaning? What does it actually mean to be surrendered to God? And how do we root ourselves to stable ground as we witness the reenchantment of reality? At Manifesto, we're engaged on a mission to rediscover and understand manhood. And from this foundation, to create a dynamic and thriving community. My name's Paul, welcome to Manifesto. Hi, Dad. Howdy, Paul. (laughs) Nice to have you on here. Uh, I believe this is the first time that you are
1: starring on YouTube. Uh, Is that right? All the things your sons get you to do in the world? Well, I suppose in one sense, but um, I've done a lot of speaking and uh, a lot of those have been recorded and they're on YouTube.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're actually uh, a fairly, yeah, okay, yeah, my, my apologies. Well, first time on, on Manifesto's YouTube channel, at least, then. Yeah, and the very first time for an actual interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, so thanks, Dad, for uh, offering or uh, agreeing to uh, step up here. Uh, uh, yeah, it was me that asked, um, because we're having a conversation in Manifesto around sexual mastery. And in that conversation, we have seen two elements coming out that seem to be really important. The first one is the value of mentoring, as in having older, more experienced men in your life who've been through some of the challenges that you're facing and have mastered them, have, have found their way through, have found, you know, achieved the goals that you're setting out to, to achieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing in a lot of those, the, the men who've done that well what do those men look like in their lives today? Well, a lot of them are married. If you, if you just look kind of statistically at it, then married men are, they earn far more money. They uh, have more, better health. They uh, have been more successful in their career. They have a lot more sex than unmarried men as well. (laughs) They're a lot less lonely. There'll be far less lifestyle diseases, uh, alcohol and drug abuse and depression and loneliness, and all that kind of stuff is far less prevalent amongst men who are married. So it seems like it's a, it's a really good deal. Um, but it's also something that I think for a lot of young men today, uh, the, all the stories that they have and all the input that they get is like, oh, yeah, marriage is like old fashioned and doesn't really work anymore. And you need to go do something else. Um, and so, so I thought, well, where should I start this conversation and give them, like marriage and mentorship. And we often talk about like, you know, the dad, your dad, and getting encouraged <laughs> college, that's that, well, that would be great. Cause there are actually a couple of things around marriage that we haven't spoken about before. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, maybe do you do want to tell us, uh, a little bit, um, yeah, I mean, you're married for 45 years to mom. Uh, yeah uh right um we're trying to remember was it now 76 or 77 we, we to have to ask mom which year was that you got married uh that's what the, the ladies are uh good about um but um yeah and and what i'm hoping we can dive into is is try try unlock some of the, the secrets of a good marriage it's such a cliche uh-huh. right but but it is yeah, secret, yeah. isn't it i don't know w- wouldn't you say so
1: Yeah. Secrets, keys to, you know, fit in locks that can unlock them, open up. So kind of secrets, but it's also down practical, down to earth stuff. Just find the right key. Yeah. it's so funny because when I, I'm
0: 41 years old today, when I left home 18 years old and moved off to London, then I thought, you know, I'm going to do everything so different from my parents. And (laughs) as I start getting into my middle age, I just see my, so many things that the things, when, when things really fall into place and start working in my life, you know, it's not like I'm copying everything that you guys have done, obviously, but there's just so no. many similarities uh, that, it, that, it, that it's amazing. And, and so, so there's, there's a, a real, a real value in that. Um, and, and so I was thinking, dad, would you mind starting off by telling us um, how did you first take a little bit, like how, how was your life when you first met mom? Uh, And can you just describe what it was like, if you can remember the first time you you saw her, where was that and and what happened?
1: Oh, that's be quite a story. (laughs) Um, I lived in the Johannesburg area for many years and um, uh, grandpa came up to Johannesburg to come and do a series of talks. And I was so keen and interested and taken by those that I chatted to uh, the guys in Joburg to see and. whether I could go down to Durban because that's where grandpa was from. And uh, And grandpa was, a uh,
0: uh, uh, he had founded a church, right? He was quite a
1: well-known. He was a well-known Bible teacher in South Africa. Africa, And he came to do a series of talks in Joburg where I was. Mm -hmm. So eventually it got arranged. I was able to go down. And um, the weekend that I kind of arrived down in Durban, there was a conference um, down the coast and uh, I went along to this conference and that's where I saw mom for the first time. Um, didn't particularly uh, bang, but it was just, Oh, there's a nice looking lady and uh, had a little chat and so on. And then uh, grandpa asked me to come and see about getting some work. And I walked into the office. Uh, he was a builder and uh, building contractor. And there was a possibility of maybe getting some work. and. Uh, Mom came to the front desk very pointedly uh, to come and check out this young man who was sitting there. I actually noticed it very specifically her and the secretary were very good friends. And so the secretary that was sitting at the front desk, I saw this little quiet conversation on the phone and then suddenly mom appeared. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, uh, that was a little notice to say, here's a young man, come and have a look. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I ended up working in the office, in the builder's office. And um, one year during the break, Christmas break. South Africa always has a break building-wise over the Christmas period. I went back home to my parents in Johannesburg. Mom went away on holiday with her parents to the Drakensberg. And uh, one day it was raining in Johannesburg and I was bored and I thought, what shall I do? I I feel like writing to someone. So I wrote her a letter and I got a response. Uh, I think she was shocked to get the letter. I was shocked to get the response. And then when I got back to work in the January and I walked into the office and I saw her, I was just bowled over. So I heard, I've got to get to know this girl better. And I think this girl is going to be my wife. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you want me to, to go into the rest of the story, but that's kind of bang where it happened. Yeah. Well, let, let's
0: see if uh, we can, we can get back to that one. Um, I just want to, one thing that you guys have often told me about is that you arrived down in Durban there uh, on your motorbike. Um, yes. What, 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 I don't know, tell you, tell us a little bit, like, how, how do you think that was, wh- were you, were you a bit of like the bad guy, dad? Like not when I say bad guy, like, were you the rough <laughs> guy kind of thing or, or what, what is that? What was it that?
1: Well, the Durban people were very conservative and very prim and proper. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd just done some studying and uh, I'd not given too much attention to my personal, uh, what would you say? Grooming. Appearance, grooming. So my hair was fairly long and I've got very thick hair. So when my hair gets long, it really it looks like a bush. Mm-hmm. And so I arrived on this motorbike with, Everybody thinking I was wearing this leather jacket, which wasn't actually true, but that was how it was perceived. And I'm on this bike, and I've got this big mop of hair, so I was really seen as a bit of a rebel, an mm-hmm. outsider. And um, I'd always, I've always been someone who's a bit opinionated, I suppose. <laughs> always been a little bit on the stubborn side. So don't just conform for the sake of conforming. Uh, I need to needed to know what it was about. So, yeah, I stood out as this weird guy from Joburg. And people that come from Joburg were considered as uh, being a different breed. Uh, Today, we talk about the Johannesburg area as the gangster province. So, (laughs) maybe I was seen as one of those gangsters. Although, you know, I wasn't particularly uh, into gangs and things of that nature. I, I, I was a fairly normal guy, but I was just looking a bit... Uh, with my leather jacket and my wrong hair. Yeah. I and you've grown a up better. with a, a good, you were just a group of brothers, right? Who were uh, running around and
0: getting up to what South African boys did as a group of boys together.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had two older brothers. And uh, yes, we went camping and hiking and running. And rugby was the big thing. And, and didn't care too much about what we looked like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and then I think it's interesting as well. So, grandpa. And this is one of the lacks in my life is I never really got to know grandpa very well because he died when I was around 12 years old, right? But yeah, he, he seemed to take a liking to you very quickly. Um, and I wonder, so grandpa had been a, a very, very high level, elite level rugby player and a very successful man. You call him a builder, but like he, you know, he owned like a, a very large and very successful building company, right? And, yes. and was contracting for the government and, and building hospitals and schools and stuff like that as well. And I, I guess, do you, what do you think he saw? Because obviously he he liked you when he met you. Uh, so he, he kind of saw through this rough exterior, I guess, right?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, because he was a preacher and I was a young man having a desire to participate in preaching and to share the word of God with as many people as I could. He saw that as a very positive um, thing in me that I wasn't there because I wanted a girl. I wasn't there because I wanted to get rich. I wasn't there because I wanted to, you know, make a kind of a big thing of my career or whatever the case might be. Uh, I was focused kind of on the same thing that he was focused on and willing to do whatever work was necessary to get along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he saw that fairly soon after me arriving in Durban. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And that makes me think, you know, so like in Manifesto, one of the things we really struggle sometimes with guys is to, we work a lot on creating a personal vision as the foundation for what it is that you're trying to do out in the world. And we try and encourage men to make that personal vision, not about like their own personal and especially material kind of gains, but but something bigger. And, and it sounds like may, maybe, I think that will help us to get a bit of perspective Dad, on on who you are as a man. What is it that gave you that drive, that, that passion that put, you know, like sharing with people about the Bible as the most central thing in your life already at an age of, are we talking, were you 20 at this time or? Younger, uh, 18, 19. 18, 18 19. Yeah. What, yeah. What, would you give us a, that background story as well?
1: Well, I grew up in a, in a nominal church situation where you know going to church on Sunday was the thing that we did and it was brought up in a kind of a I wouldn't say strict but in a you know church going environment and um when my mother died when I was about 12 13, 14 years old 14 my mother died and that kind of shook my world a bit. So I then asked some serious questions. You know, where am I going? What am I here for? What am I doing? What's this all about? what's this church-going thing about, ticking boxes and you know, sort of getting along, and yet there was a bit of a hole inside. So I came to a point, uh, 17 years old, where I had a very real experience that transformed my life completely. People talk about it as an epiphany, talk about it as a revelation, talk about it. So I, I came to this point of saying there's more to this than what I've read and or heard and different circumstances led me to a point where i just um, made a very personal commitment to jesus christ in my life and that transformed me totally Mm -hmm. Um, and from there onwards there was this i can't explain how or why (laughs) but there was this passion this desire to now share this wonderful experience and this newness of life and this vision and this understanding that i Come into that there's more to life than just what's in this world. There's something deeper, there's something more fulfilling, there's an, an energy and a power that's available, that man can tap into. And I just wanted to share that with everybody. <laughs> so that was the beginning of it. Yeah, great.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, well, hopefully, I think that gives a bit, bit of a that, that starting point. Well, so what, you you walk into the office and mom comes up to the front desk there you meet her there and you feel like wow okay this is this woman's something special well, no, no, it... not not that first time second time <laughs> oh yeah this is this yeah this is after you have the job for some time you send her the letter of course yeah 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 you, you come yeah. back yeah yeah so where does the story go from there
1: um she ran a mile. <laughs> <laughs> she said no um uh, so you told her or how
0: how did you kind of what 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 did you say to her (laughs) well i or
1: i showed a little bit more interest and um you know made more conversations and uh, she picked it up very soon and apparently this has happened previously i was told afterwards every young man that showed an interest in her she then withdrew (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um to cut a long story short, one day there was someone in the church where she was. We were in two separate places, and uh, in the church where she was, somebody spoke about a threefold cord is not easily broken. That comes from the Book of Ecclesiastes. How can one be warm alone? But if two are together, uh, then they have heat. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And in that general statement to encourage the believers, there was a, just a witness in her own heart that said. The and and the, the the statement was seek the fellowship of your brother, and in that the thought that just registered in her heart was that brother is Tony, mm-hmm. and um the next Monday at work I got a little note that explained what had happened over the weekend, mm-hmm. and from there our courtship just blossomed and bloomed, and I, I would say within a year we'd made plans to be to be married. That was a, the culmination of this whole thing. Sounds
0: like it was almost like a. a that was her having a little epiphany. Her <laughs> I mean, her having you know, a little bit of epiphany. a revelation, of yes. like, oh, there's something about this guy and this. this yeah. Guy. So there was, um, which is fascinating because what one of the most central things that I've really found in in marriage, and I'll, I'll bring this up already now, and I use this illustration very often, um, is is that what I found, you know, I got remarried now at the age of what was I 39 I think I'm 41 today um, and so maybe even 38 I, I guess um, is that for me and my wife uh, we, we had reached a point we are so used to being by ourself and we're so much like formed our personalities so as two people trying to approach each other it was just not possible actually hmm. uh, we could we could do it in a superficial way sometimes but if we really, you know, at trying to attain intimacy is, you know, being unified with another human being, it's actually was beyond our abilities. <laughs> and the more that I tried, often, the more actually we started hitting our heads and butting into things and, and not even being able to understand each other, no matter how much we tried to do it. And so what I realized is, you know, and there's this idea. So you, when you, you, you find something higher and bigger than yourself, you call that love. Uh, If you can even better call that God and you, Mm. you orientate towards that. And then, and then if you're able to move in that direction, then you naturally become closer to each other. Yeah. But, but coming at each other this way, it just, it just doesn't work. It's too difficult. It's it's beyond our ability as human beings. We have this thing like, Oh, love is beautiful and wonderful. And it's great. But actually no, love is the most difficult thing in existence. Right. And, and so, and so we actually, we don't, we have to have a source to get love from somehow. Yeah. That's that's what you're trying to say
1: yeah and and you know maybe one didn't mention this, but uh, what was clear was that I was looking for a woman who was who had a similar passion to what I had, a similar desire, a similar conviction, a similar understanding of things. Mm-hmm. And there were many young ladies I met along the way, and I just I don't know how or why, but there was just a clear understanding in my heart, not that one, not that one one. Mm-hmm. and um with with Mom, there was this resonance we were heading in the same direction planning for the same things as you said we were going that way together and because we were going that way together we were able to meet each other yeah
0: and i imagine that must have made you much more attractive to a lot of women as well that you had standards and you you knew what you were looking for right that's a very attractive feature for a man because there's so many men today, you know, we we meet guys, you're on Manifesto Core as well. So we have guys coming in there who's just like, you know, my goal for this quarter is I have to find a girlfriend. And, you know, it's like <laughs> yes. something with like, you know, two breasts and, uh, you know, not terrible. You know, it's like, unfortunately, it seems like there's so many men that are just like desperate for female attention and approval. Um, and, and it actually makes them, it, it makes their mission
1: incredibly difficult because yeah. there's this neediness about them, right? So, yeah. Uh, when you're, when you're journeying towards the same direction, it's far easier to meet and to, and to, to blend together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: it's not easy to, yeah, to find that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, let's, we, 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 we don't need to go into a lot, a lot more detail, but yeah, from there it became clear that you guys were, were going to, <laughs> you, you, you were, things naturally f- fell in with each other. Um, I, I've got. I don't think I've asked you explicitly dad, but I, the photo of you uh, with mom uh, at your wedding. Uh, I don't think I can imagine you looking happier. than You look at that picture. You look like you just like won the lottery and become the presidents of America and Absolutely. being the king of the world or something like that. Yeah. What was that like when you
1: when you did that? Um, I suppose the word is fantastic. <laughs> it was this wonderful realization that I would found this woman who was going to be with me for the rest of my life and support me. And we were going to go on this journey together. And there was just uh, and a fulfillment. And obviously, you know, as a young man, you've got a huge sex drive and, you know, you realize that he has a channel that's going to provide for this to be fulfilled and, you know, bring that energy into focus and to build a family ah, yeah i was the happiest man on earth i think at the time <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah so if we're yeah where where, where where do we take the story from there how what what what's the important threads do you, do you want to guide us through it i don't know exactly where now i'm i'm a couple of years from coming into the picture yet right but what do you want to continue the story
1: from from your wedding well from from there, we um, went on a, on a missionary endeavor, actually, mom and I together. And I became her father, her mother, her brother, her counselor, her everything, because we were so far away, about 8,000 miles away, that um, communication wasn't easy in those days. You couldn't just do what we're doing now. It just wasn't available. So the only means of communication was a phone call once in a blue moon and, you know, um, letter writing. So what it meant is it really brought us, uh, in a sense, into a circumstance where we were totally dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we really blended and helped and strengthened and saw each other through a, a difficult period for a young woman to be you know, married and not able to communicate with her mom mm-hmm. was quite a, a difficult time for mom. Um, I was a little bit more of a loner guy, so I was m- more able to manage that. But what it meant is I became... Um, you know, mom's confident, and I think that was helpful and beneficial. But um, we went through some, you know, lonely times, difficult times. We were in a, uh, we were in England actually, and seeking to establish a, a church there, and uh, it wasn't easy or straightforward. Uh, but after a year, uh, we were, you know, we got going, got the church going, things were developing, built a community together. Mm-hmm. And then um, one of mom's friends had a baby <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that stirred up all the maternal instincts. Mm-hmm. And uh, they thought, okay, now this is going to be our turn. Mm-hmm. There's two things I wanted to
0: grab onto just from what you, what you said there. Um, so I often hear this word about codependency uh, where people feel that they've kind of developed a unhealthy form of attachment. And and the way I understand it, I, I'm, I don't know, what, or the, the way I understand it's like that you kind of like, you do stuff for the other person, with a kind of implicit expectation that they're going to do something for you. And then you get upset with them if they don't, if they don't do it or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, I think some people when they, some people now when they hear any kind of dependency between a couple, they think, oh, that sounds that's unhealthy. Oh, we shouldn't do that. We need to be independent and strong and not connected. But you're having a pretty opposite perspective on that. I don't know. Have you For heard that sure. word codependency? And what, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I have, and I would see it as a completely different understanding. Um, are you and mom codependent? Would you call I don't know. Does that make, does yes, that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we we we're very much dependent on each other and appreciate one another and appreciate our working together. And our differences because we are different <laughs> um, and we don't see that as conflicting we see that as complementary and we've you know just always supported each other in our different stages of life because you yeah, life has some curved balls and some trials and difficulties and uh yeah we've just seen that we're dependent on one another yeah. and dependent is maybe a strong word but um you know so it's not that you're so dependent on the other person that you cannot survive, but you're working together. We're in a partnership. Mm-hmm. So as much as you're in a partnership dependent on your partner, um, let's say, for example, you've got a guy who's a salesman and you've got a guy who's an engineer and they you know, form a company together. They're dependent on each other doing their bit. So the engineering guy does his bit, the sales guy does his bit, and the company thrives. So many engineering companies fail because the engineer doesn't have someone who can look after the finances. So, you know, marriage is this partnership where you do things together and yeah. you're dependent on each other.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking reliance in some ways is, is uh, like you rely on each other, you trust each other. Yes. And then I, I, I guess, you know, we... So I I get, I, I suppose like the, the issue could be something like, well, then there are perhaps areas of your own self that you don't, or your character that you don't develop because you just rely on the other people to take care of that aspect. and And so you could use it as a as a, a crutch that keeps you in a, in a more immature state or something like that
1: um, it could but if you and your partner are really working together then you actually develop that aspect of your personality rather than abandon it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. instead of you then um just letting go and say okay well that's the other go- p- person's responsibility that's my wife's responsibility you actually grow in developing that part in yourself because um, a, a true husband and wife relationship isn't, this is my domain and that's your domain. Um, we're in this together. We're, we're not um, two uh, trains going in the same direction on different rails. We're actually looking to be together, you know, getting this train to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, um, you learn from the other person, mm-hmm. their skills and abilities, and you begin to apply them. Not that you then take over that role because that's not who you are. You remain who you are, but you you expand your understanding and ability and you complement each other.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess for you guys, it's never really been an issue as in trying to figure out, you know, like I think in modern couples, there's been this necessity, especially in like Scandinavia or something like that to kind of say like, what's your role? What's, you know, what's my role? What's the, you know, we have to be equal. We have to share all the roles or something like that. Has that ever, That's I guess that's been a natural thing for you guys or what?
1: Very much so, yes. Very much of a natural thing. I don't think we've ever specifically sat down and discussed it and said, that's your part, that's my part. We've just, I've stepped into what I believe is my part. Mum stepped into what she's believed is her part. And then we've maybe, you know, steered each other a little bit, said, you know, but yeah, it's never been a fact of, oh, this is mine, this that's yours, that we've had to thrash it out. If Yeah, we just naturally fit mm-hmm. it into it. I mm-hmm. suppose it's got to do with background and upbringing and culture and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you, you're in a system and you kind of naturally uh, adopt that system, if you like. And mm-hmm. we didn't, I don't think we ever sat down and specifically questioned it or challenged it or whatever the case might be. But you chat about it, and you adjust as you go along. So I think my relationship with my wife is quite different to what my father's relationship was with his wife, and you know the people of our day. So we 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 grew and we adjust, but we naturally. Fit uh, how do you to think you are, you, you and you,
0: and mom differ from from opa and?
1: Uh... Well, for, for starters, they had very different faiths. Um, and that, that was already a, a division factor between the two of them. And, you know, we certainly didn't. Um, Oprah was very much a farming man when he first got married. So there was this um, application of him being running the farm and, you know, my mom maybe managing the, the finances. Then when we came into the city, again, he was very much the 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 I can put it, the the working man yeah, he ran two jobs he was forever working mom was more the um managing caring side of the of the family mm-hmm. um for us i felt that we overlapped much more than what they did
0: mm-hmm. okay so there has been a you could actually ag- agree that the strong separate roles of masculine and feminine in families has actually been softened up and and for you you guys that sounds like it's been a very positive thing that you yes there's been a greater integration and overlap and, and connection in.
1: Yeah. And it's never been because the one made the other one feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. It's always just been an understanding of we're in this together and we're going to do this mm-hmm. you know, together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, got to do, like, mm-hmm, do with a, a biblical principle. Um, the principle really is a man lays down his life for his wife in loving her Uh, a woman submits to her husband and loving him and so this loving relationship says you're taking responsibility here I'm participating in that and um, in other areas where there's maybe uh, you know that's Uh, you don't have to ask me, can you put on the blue shirt today or something like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we're very much individuals, but we're understanding this role of supporting each other. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the the central
0: Christian principle, which I think is repeated a couple of times, but it comes especially from Paul. Am I right? Yeah. That, That the woman, the role of the woman in a good relationship is, is, is to submit to her husband and then the man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Yes. And maybe you just want to like, I mean, what's your thought? I don't know. I guess you've discussed that often. Like should men never submit and should uh, women never, shouldn't they love as well? Like why, 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 why separate those two things out from each other?
1: Um, I think the, the thought is that um, a, a man t- tends to want to dominate and rule and reign. And the, the Christian way of ruling is a willingness to be to serve. Mm-hmm. So a man lays down his life in serving, but he's the head of the home. And we can actually, responsibility.
0: Then, you can then actually do the ruling and reigning and dominating in the same way that, you know, Christ is, he dominated the Roman Empire by taking it over by by laying down his life, you know giving his life yes. to to Pontius Pilate. He's he not with swinging
1: a sword and saying, I will conquer you. Yeah. But in laying down his life, there's then a willing participation in saying recognizing um a place that you hold. And that has authority to it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually the ultimate authority uh as as that loving. And maybe it's the it's the difficult thing for men to do sometimes as well. We're good at we're good at, at uh you know kind of um at least Stepping Lord. into hierarchical relationships, I would say, because it's also, I also see a lot of men who it's easy for them to dominate. It's also very easy for men to uh, submit and to just like, you know, duck their heads. And and you see many, many men who don't take responsibility. It's, it's a way out of taking responsibility as well. So they kind of like say, oh, my wife is much more dominating than I am. So I'm just going to like do everything that she says, and I'm just going to look after my stuff. And, and they see things going wrong in the wrong direction, but they actually just... They they just they they decide like oh well it's not my you know that's her fault then or something like that right so
1: yeah as you say it's capitulating it's um, stepping back from responsibility yeah so it's not like men never you know obviously
0: men need to listen to their wives and take very seriously the input that they get and if if the wife sees something that he doesn't then he should you know be very careful about it. but but there's this thing about taking responsibility for the overall direction and I'd say especially the 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 spiritual direction of the family which somehow men, it's just, it it is a natural role that, that men have. And, and um, there are many different ways of looking at that. I I think that, you know, from a Christian perspective, it's quite obvious, you know, Christ, the incarnation of God was a man, (laughs) and uh priests have always been men and so there's something about them you know and when you look at any hierarchical relationship you talk about like you know the the masculine is that which provides for and looks after and and and, and you know protects and the feminine is that which provide which which you know kind of offers up to and submits
1: and um and, and nurtures and feeds and yeah, nourishes,
0: nourishes and so God's
1: it's body, this yeah. this thought that we often talk about you know prophet priest and king so that kind of responsibility
0: Prophet, priest, and king. Mm-hmm. can you say a little bit words about all three of those?
1: So, kind of, prophet is the visionary thing, you know, mm-hmm. seeing where, where we're going and um, taking the vision. Uh, the priest is the intercessor, the mediator, the, mm-hmm. the, the reconciler. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. The king is the ruler. And the king who rules well cares for his subjects. He doesn't beat them with a rod of iron, that kind of principle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, um, then mom started getting a little broody. <laughs> what you were saying, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, um, what, what did your age, What did your guys' marriage look like before you had kids, and, and what what changed uh, w- w- with having children?
1: Wow, <laughs> yeah, no, things change very dramatically when children come into the picture. Mm. Um, we were very much involved in, you know, say, getting a church going and getting things moving. Uh, so we shared that very much and most of our activity was involved in communicating, sharing, talking getting people in, having people in our home and uh, that was fairly easily done Um, once children come along then that has to adjust you just don't have the time and the energy to do all that stuff anymore so um, we we still did a lot of it but it had to be, it, it toned down considerably once children were born mm-hmm. and Mark, Mark was first born and we were back in South Africa when he was born and mm-hmm. um, you came along a year and a half later mm-hmm. um, and we were still quite involved in um, our church work and so on mm-hmm. uh, so you it, it wasn't that that now was put on hold because we had children mm-hmm. um we, 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 you know, because we had our children, they became part of what what we were still busy with. But there's adjustment because, um, you know, you, when you're breastfeeding and there's you know late nights, early mornings, children get sick, all sorts of things happen. Then you you adjust, mm-hmm. and so our 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 activities, if you like, were lessened. I wouldn't say they they dropped to a degree where, they, where there was nothing. It's just mm-hmm. that your activity lessens because you're taking responsibility. Yeah.
0: I'm curious about, so when Emmanuel was born, then I noticed that there's this very, very strong and natural bond between a mother and the child. And it's not automatic that the father is... Um, is a part of that in such a strong way or actually no i, I actually say it's natural that that the father in, in some way in many ways is excluded from that just you know the whole breastfeeding and the mother plays such a big role in getting the child to sleep in the beginning and stuff like that and so i think maybe this was a bigger issue for us being older and being individualists to a greater degree uh, but i really noticed that i had to actively intervene to remind laura and create structures in our routine as a family that ensured that the central you know kind of point of our family and the organizing principle was our marriage as opposed mm-hmm. to it being the bond between laura and emmanuel uh with yeah. you know dad kind of in the orbits like I, I what and what i said to her is like you know like you know it's like Manuel's going to grow up and it's going to go off in the world he's going to do kind of stuff and it's going to be us left and yeah. so we've got to make sure that we're, and, and you know what what's going to also give him the best possible uh, uh, starting point for going out and doing that, it's going to be a, a very strong bond between his mom and his dad. Uh, and, and so we need to stand together more than, you know. in the worst cases, then Laura obviously has a lot more empathy and compassion and all that kinds of stuff for Emmanuel. And my role is a little bit more to create some boundaries. And so mm-hmm. it, it could qu- very quickly, if we're not careful, it, it, I could see that it could have gone towards some kind of like you know mom and child against dad <laughs> in a yeah. lot of situations right yeah uh, so I wonder if that did, did that dynamic happen with you guys at all or were there other challenges specific challenges that came along uh, when when you' were having children that you had to do, work with
1: um, Mom was of that persuasion so there was no um, there was there was no conflict there. Um, Dad, you've got to be involved. You've got to be part of this. Um, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take my part. You take your part. And so together, we, we, I think we navigated that very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was any uh, thought of me being uh, in the orbit as you speak about it. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, the structure was there for me to sort of apply. And the loving and caring um, was shared, I think, amongst us. So that wasn't a difficulty for us at all we just sailed straight into that one and carried each other through mm-hmm. so yeah there was no was there uh, what, no was there
0: any what what would you say was it, you mentioned like the time challenges and just not being able to do the same stuff uh what, what, what was was that the biggest thing or what what we say was the most difficult thing about uh,
1: uh, not even difficult it was just the the need for an adjustment mm-hmm. realizing that you know you, you you can't just do everything that you did before um children Need things, uh, got, getting you guys into a routine, uh, we felt was a very important thing, And but realizing that, you know, um, a child is a child and needs to grow up and be a child and have space and, uh, you know, have fun and all that sort of thing. So, then giving, you know, that takes time, mm-hmm. spending time with your children, going to the park, which you wouldn't possibly have done previously, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. And then, Dad. Yeah. So, what else would you highlight from? So, we're, we're now we've gone 40 years <laughs> since I showed up. At least 41 years since I showed up. Um, what 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 have been specific learning aspects, and what, what, where would you go from if you're going to continue the story? Given we have probably another 15 minutes or something like that before we have to bring this to a close.
1: Um, challenges that come along. You know, life has curved balls. Things change. Uh, situations change Mm -hmm. um uh, when you know you were a teenager we were in Bloemfontein I was under a tremendous amount of pressure to do work to um bring a company into a into a place of uh, being established and it was just very difficult to go sucked up an awful lot of time and um mom was very supportive during that time and so you know but it it was It wasn't easy. That was a, a difficult period of time in my life. and then we we moved back to Durban, and the work was easier. I was working, you know not so much for myself. I can see I'm getting into the dark here because we've got load shedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sh- shall I open a something to give me a bit more light, or is it okay?
0: If you could, uh, yeah, just uh, give a bit more light on the situation. Are you, yeah, so this is South Africa, where uh, unfortunately the government hasn't planned very well on how to um, create enough electricity for the country. So all the lights get switched off once in a while. But I, I assume you have some kind of battery operating thing that we're still able to talk to each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that so does look better. Good. Great.
1: Um, so then back to Durban, I was into a more regular work situation and um, actually began to do fairly well and so that pressure was was relieved and therefore we were able to but by then you'd finished school you were going to be heading off Um, mark was already um, out of out of the home Um, so there was a, a an adjustment period and then when both of you guys were out of school then you suddenly faced this empty nest syndrome um, Mom and I were both working at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- there was a lot of energy that went into the working, and um, our relationship was fine. But then suddenly, uh, there's just the two of you, as you've said, you know, the boys leave home, <laughs> and there's just the two of you. And that um, then needs some adjustment and rethinking, reconsidering, mm-hmm. um, re- reapplying oneself. Uh, and yeah, there was a, an important time for us to refocus and pull things together.
0: Yeah, what, what I was thinking about. So yeah, we we lived six years in Bloemfontein, five years in Bloemfontein, maybe five six years. Six. And this is a yeah, this is a town in the middle of this of the country where you were asked to go and help uh, establish a church there. Um, and you kind of told your boss, uh, "Hey, I've been asked to go to Bloemfontein. Uh, and so he kind of said to you, "Like, well, you can go do that, but." you need to really be creating your own like financial background. So you, you, I, it sounds like you got a bit of a tough deal uh, from you continue to work as a freelancer for the same company, but for quite some time didn't get much payment for it. Um, and, and I think that that was a tough time for our family in many ways. And probably one can trace some of the difficulties that I've had in my life back to the fact that we were all under pressure in that time. And it was, a, of course, an important time uh, for a young man establishing and finding his identity, and maybe one could say we we didn't always we didn't have the the resources and the time to to go off as a family together. And yeah. then I'd also couple that to say, like you know, there was such a good foundation laid earlier on in my life that yeah, okay, I needed to go out and do a whole lot of stuff in my in my young uh, my life as a young man. But but it, it's it's been really clear uh, that, that coming back to that foundation has been a, a powerful and good thing. And, and I can really say when you talk about that, mom was very supportive of that time and you had to work. Yeah. You, you worked a lot. You worked a lot yeah. those, those years, you were very, very much at work. Um, you guys w- were focused on, on, you knew what you were working towards. There was like a, a clarity of purpose in, in, in your lives in some way, which I think, you know, you, which is what we described in the beginning. You know, your your relationship really was something that was not about just yourselves and getting your needs met, um, right. but but there was a, a, a higher goal to that. But that was it was starting to. I guess it was, in some ways it started to take some strain. And then and then yeah, when and when we left, then you really had to, <laughs> everything had been kind of organized around the kids as well,
1: right? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say everything, but a big part. It was a, a big part of our lives. Was you know, yeah bringing up children it's a big part of one's life yeah so what what and, what
0: yeah
1: and the responsibilities that go with that you know you, you've got school fees to pay you've got um, activities and all sorts of things to get involved in so yeah yeah having a getting married is a is a very
0: large and important financial decision for a man it's by yeah. far the biggest one he'll ever ever have to make it's uh um yeah you know, as, as if you're leading a family, it's, it's a very, very big investment and it shapes your life, this need for money. Uh, you know, so we, we, we often talk about like, you know, and Paul kind of talks about, you know, like you don't need to get married. You can, there's the life of the monk. You can dedicate your entire life to God. Uh, yeah. but you can, but, but for most people, uh, majority of men today, I think it's, it's, it is,
1: it, it is the way forward. Uh, and, and, um, and I would certainly recommend it for everyone. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, maybe we should just touch on that a little bit. I don't know, Do you have? did you have friends in school or have you seen people who haven't done that? Uh, and, and, and Or have you seen clear patterns in, in life? Because um, how can you say that's for everybody? Isn't that just you generalizing from your own experience or something like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it probably is generalizing from my own experience, but my own experience has been so fulfilling that I can recommend it to everyone. Mm-hmm. So and yes, there are friends that I know that have uh, chosen to go in a different path, and um, uh, some of them have been successful in that sense, and some of them have been successful but unhappy, unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. So in in one sense, we were relatively poor, but we were a family together, and we loved each other, and we had. A, I, I think there was a very good working thing in the family and other people had great riches and were successful as far as I was concerned but their families were in a mess and there was hurt and heartache and breakups and terrible things happening or there were no there was no family yeah so for me that's a very fulfilling engaging experience learning experience and yeah can can we say we did everything right no we can't we made mistakes as as you say you know got so involved with trying to keep the family financially together that you neglect some other stuff
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, could have
1: spent more time going camping and hiking and things like that and just weren't able to do it Mm -hmm. couldn't afford it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah these days, I found that I, I need to train a lot of marching, and so I'm taking Emmanuel up on my back, and we go out walking, and then we stop somewhere and we eat a couple of dates, and then we look out over the hills, and it's it's just fantastic. And um, but yeah, it, it, it's such a time stress sometimes to to take that time out, but um, uh, and I'm sure there will be there will be challenges coming. Um, but but I, I think Dad, as you, like you know, what really seems to me like what's held things together is that relationship between you and mom. And I actually, when I was, when I first came up with this idea, I was talking to Alex Dibden, who is a mutual friend. Um, And he, he, uh, he said he'd really like to hear that interview with, with mom and dad, because one thing he's noticed is that. Not only do you guys love each other, and that you're there for each other, you're willing to sacrifice yourselves for each other, you're willing to give, and you've been together for 45 years. But it's actually very clear how much you like each other as well, (laughs) isn't that like you really appreciate each other's company? And one thing that I noticed, you know, even last like I I think 20 years ago, I remember noticing like, wow, my mom and dad they like sit and they hold hands together, and they, they 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 you know they they touch each other all the time, and there's this kind of like intimate. Uh, connection and constant um yeah just desire to be close to each other and and an appreciation of each other and that it comes to expression and, and just like seeing you two together as well um so do you have an idea of uh, what that where that is? yeah that that's what Alex at least we can do alex a favor in. where <laughs> what, what, what do you think is behind that what, what's been the secret keys
1: to that uh just a realization of the value of this person who's in your life and appreciating that and and just I think you know it's a it's a mutual thing so we say thank you to each other very often <laughs> and that then you know brings about this touching feeling passing on communicating and it's not just with words because I suppose the older you get maybe the less words you need. <laughs> There's a sense of feeling. There's a sense of being one, and it's it's, it's a tremendous feeling, mm-hmm. very yeah.
0: fulfilling. <laughs> Almost sounds like the best thing a man could experience. So I mean, well, yeah, we,
1: uh, I would certainly say so. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we started off. We said that like, because this is about sexual mastery, and and so a lot of guys have a deep yearning in their life. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of that has been channeled into pornography and masturbation yeah. and all kinds of other uh, things, which, which you know, directs that energy, that passion, that that impulse towards you know a screen or you know towards oneself, um, and. And, and it's the most powerful force in existence, perhaps, in a man's life. Certainly as a young man, it's an incredibly powerful force. Yes. So to, to fully direct that into another person, that's something that I've just, these last three and a half years, I've been discovering how much that means to be able to ch- make sure and create structures in my life, habits, structures, relationships, which is ensuring that all of my energy is putting that into one person, um, as opposed to allowing it to go in all kinds of other directions and for me it's meant maybe a bit more of an explosive relationship sometimes as well because as i said you know we've we've become a bit more individualist and so yes. laura and i we sometimes bump into each other a little bit more um maybe you guys were younger and and more malleable uh, in in creating that union as well but i don't have any doubt in my mind at all that it's, it's the right thing uh, uh that, that, that 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 you know like by by making sure that i i channel that energy and then i don't collapse into submission or run away or hide or go into isolation or something like that um and i also don't just you know early on in our relationship i i tried that one uh it's like i'm the man i decide about this thing <laughs> that, was, that just didn't work at all <laughs> that was fell rather flat unfortunately certainly not um yeah
1: so so no it, it needs to be through through love um, yes mm-hmm. And, the, and again, it's participation. So it's not demand, it's participation. And so, you know, we're, we're in this together. And, and again, we recognize we've both got sexual drive. we both got sexual needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if, if you can remember, Grandpa was a very driven man. And in a sense, mom inherited a part of that. And that was a blessing for me because I didn't have to go begging and asking, <laughs> mm-hmm. because there was this drive that just drove us together. And the fact that we could then channel that drive into, you know, our sexual relationship and find that fulfilling, mm-hmm. then it meant that because that was in position and solid, all the other bits of doing work and applying oneself and you know mm-hmm. investing in the church and. Uh, you know, fulfilling your, your gift ministry and giving was then so much easier to outwork because this central sex drive was being fulfilled.
0: Yeah. And so how does the sex drive transform over time? Can you can you tell us something about that? Um, about how, 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 as you go through different phases in life, are there are there periods to it and how it how it morphs and shapes and changes?
1: yeah and i don't think it's this it's a formula that one can apply because it's not no. the same for everyone but it does change um you know you just because you're older you don't have the energy that you used to have so certainly our our sexual involvement is less now than what it was when we were 25 mm-hmm. um but it's n- not any less fulfilling so and it doesn't disappear
0: right I think some people have this no, idea that like evident- when you're when you're 50 then it's you're finished and you've got to do everything you need to do while you're 20 or something like that where I also hear from a lot of older men like well it just gets much much better like you know the, the sex you're having and yeah it's like it, 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 it
1: because you you also get to know your wife and your wife gets to know you so you you're now together in 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 um going on to this journey so it's not a matter of trying to still experiment and find out what what's what are we comfortable with what are we uncomfortable with mm-hmm. we we now know what we're comfortable with and so we can easily now participate and you know bring each other to orgasm without any difficulty mm-hmm. so that's a, a, a i think a tremendous fulfillment yeah, you don't have to be like stressed about reaching some kind of goal uh, or something
0: like that with each other but
1: absolutely yes enjoying the journey just for being there with each other, yes, and you're now relaxed in the journey. So you're not striving to, you know, particularly achieve something special or whatever the case might be. You're just on the journey, and you experience the something special because you're in it together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So, so what 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 do we say? If if um, maybe let's start that uh, with. Uh, so I'm three years into marriage. Um, uh, you you follow a lot. <laughs> um, we spent six weeks here last last the last two years. Uh, you know, if just, what would you say to me or to a young man who's uh, maybe up in, in the years but decide like now nah, he wants to make a commitment to a woman um, in in creating a life together and and reaching. Maybe we're not going to get to 45 years. We might just make 45 years. You never know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we're not going to get sure. to 70 or something like that. That's for sure. Uh, mm. Of years of marriage like you guys might, you know, who knows how long. Do you have any, any thoughts that you want to, if we're going to wrap things
1: up here? Um, I think one of the lessons maybe that you've seen is that there's a bit of adjustment required. And um, not that you're denying your masculinity or that you have to um, throw everything that you are out of the cot, but to realize you're coming together with a person, I think, as you've mentioned, who's had a certain amount of independence. Mm -hmm. And to now just ride roughshod over that independence is not going to help the situation. Mm -hmm. So to then um, be more flexible, I don't know if that's the right word, more understanding is perhaps the better word of the fact that this other person is coming from a, a, a very different platform. Whereas mom and I, we were in our 20s, we were basically on the same platform. We were young and so we we very much grew together. If you've grown separately, you need to understand that, accommodate that in your relationship and talk about it. I think communication is one of the, top top priorities in any relationship and in a marriage relationship so men i think tend to just bottle things up and keep quiet and women then tend to overtalk because there's n- no communication coming from the other side so communication i think is a very important aspect if two people are older and then um enter into a marriage relationship and then I, of, i'll just add to say like
0: as as i as that that kind of thing falls into place, it's amazing how other relationships in my life just become far easier as well. So it's it's clear like the the the, the problems in my character come to the surface in my marriage with with Laura much more. And then as I, I'm able to like understand and have empathy and communicate and talk through things and meet her in, in, in a way that works well, then suddenly work relationships and you know wherever else that I am, things things um fall just almost like, uh, synchronistically and, and, you know, I can almost say like supernaturally into place or something like that as well.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. uh, When that home relationship is right, it just outflows into every other relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like,
0: and so I'll, I'll just touch a little bit on Christian theology again here as well. It's like, you know, when, when a marriage is, is in God, then it it, becomes, it's a, more than the individual person, the, the marriage relationship can plug into and, and receive the grace and the love <laughs> from God. And then it it, it it the natural response is that that then flows out into the world. And, and so that's exactly Absolutely. what's happening. It's, it's so clear. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well. So again, it's that top down, that, that yeah. relationship's right. This one's wonderful with your wife. And then the, the, these are right with the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So if we then just take the next case, so maybe this is less for me, but for, for young men who might be listening to this and be interested in this idea of sexual mastery over a lifetime and a holistic perspective of not just like, how am I gonna get laid next weekend or something like that, but they actually realize that, okay, this is a powerful force and I want to be creating a good life you know, for the rest of my life instead of just like being focused on instantaneous gratification of, of pleasure right now um you know but looking for a partner or something like that
1: what 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 do you,
0: where where does one start with that kind of thing with 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 the guy who's in that situation
1: with looking for a partner or seeing yeah. something again find something that um, you're interested and passionate about and if you participate in that the chances of you meeting someone who is of a like mind with like passions is very good and then, then it's much easier to make the connection instead of just saying, oh, you know, I just need a body that I can have sex with. Um, rather, I want a person who's going in the same direction as I am and we can take this journey together. That's to me is a, a key perspective in finding a woman that's going to be a life partner and then bring this incredible fulfillment sexually wise so that they can be actually building something bigger and better and more fulfilling because yeah i mean sex is very very fulfilling and very gratifying and you know, all that but it, it's it's part of who a man is and if you if you just give yourself sexual satisfaction with just anybody then the chances are there's going to be a huge emptiness in in the real part of life of what you are whereas if you can bring those two together ah that's first price.
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah. So there's, there's something about, and I don't know if this is going to be a big mouthful to bite off here at the end, but there's something about that. When you find a person where there's a lot of unresolved issues between the two of you, then it can create, and it like, especially like kind of this person is a very masculine, one of them is very masculine kind of thing. And the other person is very far away feminine. then it can create the very powerful attraction between each other. Yes, um, and 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 that can create a very explosive and dynamic relationship and a very powerful relationship. Um, and at some point you'll have to, it'll lead to you having to deal with those deeper issues um, uh, of what's actually underneath the surface in a in not just a physical way as well. And and so and 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 so doing that will be your life's work (laughs) and and so you you need to be from the beginning you need to be very aware of when you said find something that you're passionate about i think what you mean really is god um (laughs) you know find out what what is god uh and how you can understand that um and if you if you know if you don't if you can't handle the word god then um it needs to be the highest possible thing you know that 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 you possibly can imagine that you could dedicate the rest of your life to and, yes. you know the, be- the best you possibly could come up with that you could dedicate the rest of your life to and and and, and attain something good you know and um and yeah. and, and then and then sen- center your your energy and your and your and your kind of your focus in life around that and and realize that your your relationship also supports that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to just, it's not going to go anywhere.
1: <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. And, and yeah, I mean, from me, you know, my experience just tells me to find that relationship in God is the very best thing that you can do. And however you want to see that, obviously, from a Christian perspective, we see a a God who is the God of the universe, who sent Christ to die, and who'd come to bring us into this relationship with him. And if that relationship is right, and you're together in that relationship, to me, that's the strongest thing that there is. Others may have different perspectives on that. But yeah, for me, that's... And in in practice,
0: Dad, like, you know, I got to say, like, you know, like, if you go into a church full of young women, (laughs) full of beautiful young women... We're very submissive, very feminine, and, and very, very receptive as well. to go- And looking for good men. There's this whole organization called YWAM, uh, which I was yes. involved in a little bit was. It's, it's called Youth With A Mission, but people um, jokingly refer to it as why, why WAM? So they call it young woman awaiting men, because <laughs> 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 because that's kind of like this. There are some guys in there, but they get a lot of attention. Um, yeah, and, and and especially if you're a man who who knows what he wants in life isn't and isn't afraid of 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 um you know telling sharing with people who he is, and if you can find. That perspective that you can understand like there's something there's an there's an underlying structure to reality and that underlying structure structure to reality is is drawing us upwards and and that's what god is basically then then i think like why not go into a christian church and 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 talk with the woman about how does she understand god she's probably also a bit confused about it you know maybe more or less than you are Uh, (laughs) but 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 uh, i i do think it's i do think it's not a bad idea and this is the first time i'm i'm probably doing something like evangelizing on on Manifesto's so YouTube <laughs> channel, but uh, now that I have my dad here, it's got to be okay, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's some lovely stories about men who found their wives at the well. So you know, we always talk about go to the well, and um, yeah, there'll be mm. a woman there that you can find.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And the well is the place where you draw life-giving
0: water, right? And so yeah. so there's just yeah. so many layers of that, like, you know, finding a woman is the life-giving water of life that refreshes and nourishes uh, and these stories about men
1: um absolutely so don't go looking in the desert there where the well of living water is that's where you draw <laughs> what what's is, is it
0: can you tell us the story of rebecca Data, maybe uh Just to finish this off yeah, we finish this with a little Bible
1: story. How about that? (laughs) So as a servant who gets sent back to the hometown of his dad to go and look for a wife for the son, Mm -hmm. and uh, he gets to the well and he says, oh, uh, uh, please, if someone comes out with a pitcher and offers water to my camels, then make that a confirmation that this is the wife that I must find for my master's son. And lo and behold, this girl comes out and he asks her for some water. And she says, well, let me draw some water for your camels as well. And draws the water for the camels, invites her into her, uh, invites him into her home, houses him, stays the night. And um, he puts his proposal to the family. And uh, the wonderful thing about it is in those good old Eastern times, the family say, we will ask the the girl. Mm -hmm. And they ask the girl. And Mm -hmm. she says, yes, I will go.
0: Yeah, so and this yeah, is the
1: servant asking, and it's it's the servant of Jacob, right? It's the servant of Jacob. Yeah, coming mm. now to ask for Isaac, his son. Yeah, for his, Isaac, Isaac's son. Uh, for and Rebecca Abraham goes Abraham and Abraham. becomes the wife of Isaac. It's uh, yeah. it's a beautiful. Show. It's actually and, and, it's, and it's also son. unique
0: and like that. They are they really love each other, right? Like there's a yes. real. Isn't
1: there something like like she
0: runs to meet him or something when they, or I can't remember exactly, but yeah.
1: Well, he's out in the field when they arrive. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, gets off the camel, and in the, what they did in those days, they would cover themselves. And uh, he uh, meets her, goes goes to meet her, and then it just says he brings her into his mother's tent, and he's comforted. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's just a lovely story.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and quite different from many other relationships uh, of that time, but yeah, a real central central one for yeah. Okay, good. Thank you, Dad, uh, for <laughs> for that one. So yeah. Um, appreciate, appreciate it. And, and yeah, um, that's, uh, I think, I think it's really, I'm happy that like, we got to share that. I don't know. What was that like for you? Like we, you know, Christianity has been like a bone of contention between us for a long time. You know, I was like, you know, for 30
1: years, like anything but Christianity kind of thing. Um, so can can I say the second most wonderful day of my life (laughs) when things turned around? Yeah. Because but you know, I think you've also said it's all through that time, we just kept loving you and caring for you, praying for you. And uh to see where you are now is just a tremendous and there's a nice Afrikaans word is rim on It's like a a binding thing in the heart. So it's good to be able to have this conversation and know that yeah, all that foundation has paid off in the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is something, it's about like, you know, in a way, Christianity is seeing reality in a specific way, and you can't really understand it until you step into it. But then yeah. you when you step into it, then everything kind of falls into place in a way. Um, and it's, it's a little bit like stepping over a cliff, right? But then when you a see other people who've stepped over the same cliff, and you see them living in that way, it, it creates this sense of trust and understanding.
1: Between you because yeah. you know,
0: like, okay, well, we, we actually see reality in the same way.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a powerful mm, thing, right? This world perspective just yeah. gives it a completely yeah, valuable and strengthening and upholding perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then to share that with the people that you're most intimate with, of course, is yes. just an incredibly
0: powerful thing as well, right? And and so yeah, I've I've also met guys who like they find a woman, they think they have the same kind of religious understanding with each other, but it's not really quite there. And then they get married and they find out, no, actually we're, you know, and totally, apart. totally different directions. And, and it means that the place you're, you know, whatever you see as, you know, the fundamental nature of reality, that's going to determine how you grow and change and develop as a person. And so if you, if you're not aligned on that with another human being and you marry them, you're going to be growing away from each other. It's, it's inevitable, right? Or there'll at least be, the deepest parts of your heart will never be able to be joined with this person. Whereas if there's a, a willingness to work on, on sharing and connecting that understanding and a foundation to connect it onto, then you can actually, I think that I, I think that's the secret key, isn't it? Isn't that the secret key? Didn't we just yeah. nail
1: it? Yeah, that's the nailing it. <laughs> the building on a solid rock foundation and then you, you build a good house. And when yeah. the storms come, the house stands. Yeah. And
0: that's what I can find as well. It's like when I, when I was able to, instead of being in a state of rebellion and rejection against the foundation that I was, grew up with and was created in and shaped and molded and was able to reconnect to that, then, then everything else in my life could come into a state of peace and, and, and rest (laughs) to be able to build further. Whereas, you know, before that I was kind of like, you know, yeah, building on shifting sounds really. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good. Okay. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks Lovely very to much, chat.
0: Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, Good. maybe it won't be the last
1: time. We'll see how we go. See yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we can have some more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Okay.
0: You've been listening to conversations on masculinity with Manifesto. We enjoy good discussions, but far more importantly, we are a real community with plenty of opportunities for you to engage online and in-person. So check out our website on manifesto.com to learn more. And if you enjoyed the content here, then please share this podcast with a friend. Thanks.